Hi, my name's Monty, and I'm coming to you from sunny North Carolina. If you've been following our blog, you'll notice that we've, we've been working on this farm project. My wife yesterday said it really wasn't a project. It had become more of a lifestyle, and she's probably right. It really wasn't the plan. We bought a piece of property from a friend of mine 14 months ago. When we bought the property, it was land with a couple of sheds on it, and we started this headlong plunge to turn it into a, a hobby farm, and then it's kind of become more than that. One of the things we did was we asked around, and we looked for um, another family or two or three that were interested in participating in a, a communal farm, communal community farm. So what that means is that as a, the communal part means that we work together to accomplish common goals. So there's two types of community gardens. One type of community garden is a garden where everybody has their own space and they go do their own thing and then go away, which is, which is great. It gives people a place to garden. Then another type of community garden is a communal community garden, which is what, we've, what we're doing with the other family. So what we do there is we, we split the proceeds from our efforts when we have some. And so then that way we've got four hands um, working on gardening rather than two. And the theory is that we can accomplish more by working together than we could separately. So the thought there is if you take the fruits of your labors, if everybody does their own thing, you have X amount of produce. And my theory is that if we have us working together, then maybe we do 4X the amount of produce or 8X. And, and so this has definitely been a journey. We started out, it was just a you know, place to go and we'll plant some winter squash and some garlic and put in a food forest and kind of and do these things that take work but are more not so intensive. Then um, reality hit. And by that, I mean, in, in your, if you're breathing, you're seeing what's going on. And it's, it's been a COVID period was difficult. And then now with inflation affecting food so much and gas so much, um, there's a lot of people that are struggling. And there is a, a least likely course of act, I mean, a most likely course of action here that the inflation is going to continue. So this year, food, according to the government's up like 9% or so. Reality, some forms of meat are up 30% plus. Um, and so I think the average inflation is more like 20%. So what that means is that if you spend um, $1,000 a month on groceries, you now spend 1200 The thing that people don't realize, too, is that if, you have an if we have another year of inflation, then that's 20% on top of the other 20%. And so that starts adding up quickly. And I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but quickly. So if you have 20% inflation, that means your price of your food is now... 20% higher. If you have another year of 20% inflation, 
that means the price of the food just became 48% higher. So that's your food bill has gone up by half in two years, mine too. So what we wanted to do was to see how many people we could help. So that's where the whole community farm thing kind of started and, and, and it's, has gone well. The, folk, the family has been helping us. They have been great. We've been shoulder to shoulder working in the field. It's been great conversations. It's been great getting to know them. We didn't know them before this project. The first time we met them was when um, we had, well, we had talked online, but the first time we actually met face to face was when they showed up to help. And, uh, and so it was kind of, you know, it's one of those things that it's been wonderful that that's worked out. It's nice to have, find that you have folks that you have a lot in common with and uh, just, and can work together right off the bat. So anyway, so we've put in our, um, in the past 14 months, there's a, uh, a food forest went in, which consisted of blackberries and elderberries and figs and mulberries and Right now, the blackberries are blooming like crazy. They're taking off. Just starting to see the first green shoots of leaves on the figs. They're brown turkey figs in the food forest. The mulberries are um, putting out leaves. And the elderberries, of course, are already sending out shoots that are way beyond where we planted them. So that's wonderful. And then we've gotten the garden... Uh, tilled up and the beds are made and now the race is to get everything in the ground we've got about roughly two-thirds of everything seeds are in the ground and so now we're trying to get the rest of those in it's a little early for some things like okra and peppers so we're delaying that a couple of weeks but a lot of the other things are going in um, there's rhubarb there's a uh, trombocino squash We've got um, zucchini in, squash, regular summer squash in. The winter, a lot of the winter squash are planted, and we've planted corn. So there's the original plan was not to do vegetable gardening because the problem with vegetable gardening is that when the harvest comes, we'll have to pick multiple times a week. So that means somebody's got to get in their car, go out there, and harvest, which is wonderful because that's food coming in. On the other hand, it's going to be a little challenging, I think, because we're actually going to be having to run out to the farm. Um, like, and it may be me running out after work or, or somebody else and, and harvesting. And then I think what will happen then is the ladies will do a lot of the preserving uh, while we're at work. So it's going to be an interesting summer. I think it's going to be, a, it's already been a busy spring. But I think a lot of the heavy lifting's behind us, so hopefully we're getting to the point where it's more just a, a maintenance um, and preserving. And the other thing we wanted to accomplish was to have a way to provide for family and some of our next-door neighbors, and at least in a small way. So having a garden hopefully means we've got a few things we can give away to people. Because I think that... As food prices go up, there's going to be people that suffer. And so if I can do a little more work and plant a little more garden and maybe, you know, maybe give someone a, a few veggies that they didn't have to buy 
then maybe that helps someone. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do with this, is we're trying to do our part to help the people around us. Can we feed a whole bunch of people? Not, I mean, it's it's only a small piece of land, so there's, but we're going to try to do what we can. And I think the bigger constraint with um, farming at this scale is usually labor and money. So if you want to put up a trellis, you got to buy a trellis, or you got to build it by hand. You know, you can put money in it, or you can put time in it, or both, but you got to put one in. And we know we can, but we can take some string and some old posts, and we can put up a trellis, and it take a little while because you got to string it, and you got to take care of all that, and you do have to buy the string and the posts, but that's pretty inexpensive. But then in the fall, you've got to take all this down, and so what do you do with that? Versus if we buy some hog panels or some cattle panels, those will last for a decade, and some T posts, and we can drive them in, and it goes up quicker. But there again, we've got to spend the money to buy those. So that's always that trade-off with farming. So we're trying to find a good balance, and we're trying to help those around us. Now, I'm going to encourage you to think about the same way. First thing is to help yourself. Because if you're not in a good space, you can't help other people. So plant a garden. Right now is the time. This is um, late April. You are. It's time for those seeds to be in the ground. Um, okra and peppers maybe a little late in a couple of weeks, at least in the southeast. But it's time to put your garden in. Because if you put your garden in, you can blunt the effect of that inflation. And you can make your life less stressful. And you can hopefully thrive, at least in a small way, and have that abundance from your garden instead of relying on buying it from the grocery store. I'm not anti-grocery store. I think it's great that we have a great food distribution network. I think it's great that we have all these farms. But I'm going to say right now that with everything going on, as you've seen, it is no secret that our supply chain is fragile. So one of the ways that you help with your personal supply chain is put in a garden. Did I mention you should be putting in a garden? If you can't put in a garden because you don't have any land, then okay. Then think about putting in a container garden on your back porch or your deck or your... And, you know, the other thing too is that if you live in a subdivision and you can't put in a garden, sell the house. I mean, having a wonderful house in a a cool subdivision isn't going to help if you can't afford to buy groceries. So... I'm going to say that if you can't if you can't garden where you are then you should be thinking about selling that house if you're concerned about food security. That's that's really not a crazy thing to do. You know, buy a piece of land just a couple of miles out, build you a house, buy a house, or find someone that's older that will lease you some land. Farmland is commonly leased. It's dirt cheap to lease. We're only talking like in the south 75 to 100 dollars an acre per year. So find somebody near you that maybe used to have a garden that's older. You know, there's probably someone not too far from you that is maybe older or has some restriction, mobility restriction or something, and they can't garden anymore. But you see the remains of this garden. You see where there used to be a garden. Maybe there's a fence or something that clues you into that. And, and maybe you go ask them, knock on their door and say, hey, I'd love to have a garden. 
I see that you used to have a garden. Can I rent this land from you? Or can I put in a garden and share the crops with you? So that's a way you can overcome this. There's also community gardens in cities. Um, you can, it's tough to start one at this point, but you may be able to find one. But for a lot of people where, you live, where we live in suburbia, there's probably a piece of farmland that used to be farmed that someone will be happy to see a garden on. And maybe it costs you 100 bucks to rent it for the year. Okay. That person might even have a tractor. They might be able to plow it up. They might, they might have some of the equipment you need. But you got to ask. So definitely get out there, ask some questions, ask some of these local farmers, you know, who isn't farming anymore but might lease you some land. It's doable. It's doable this week. I'll argue that probably if you started asking around and made some phone calls, you could probably find a place to farm this week and and be figuring out how you're going to get the ground, the beds prepared by the, you know, a week later and get that going. Think about containers. How can you... You know, how can you gorilla garden? If you look up gorilla gardening, there's a lot of options there. But how do you improve your food security? You can do it. You really can. People have done it across the world. This is nothing new. Finding a place to garden is not, is not something, it's just something that we got away from because we were so secure in our supply chain. But now we're not. So now it's time to start doing that again. It's my opinion. And, and I think, too, that my wife and I were talking about this, and, and I think both of us agree that there are people who will starve rather than plant a garden. Hey, if you're one of those people, I'm probably offending the daylights out of you right now. Tough. Get over it. Plant a garden. I mean, it's... But there are people. You have neighbors. You have whatever... Maybe you are. Maybe you would you would rather starve than plant a garden. Well, that's fine, but if you have a family, how's your family going to eat? So you deciding to starve is one thing, but you deciding that you're going to let your children starve is, I'll argue, is another one, or your spouse, because you're stubborn. And, and I realize this is not a real popular message here. And I, I don't care if I'm offending you by telling you the truth. I do hope that maybe that'll, that if you are offended, that maybe this will get you thinking. You know, what can you do? And if you don't want to plant a garden, then a secondary thing is to expand your personal supply chain. So maybe who around you has a garden? Maybe five miles away. Maybe there's a farm you could go help on on Saturdays and walk away with a box of food. And a lot of farmers would happily trade you food for labor. Labor is hard to find right now. It's expensive. So maybe what you do is you, you go out on Saturday and you work for four hours or eight hours and you come back with a, a box or two of food and, and maybe that's worth it. Plus you get outside and you learn how to garden and farm. That's the other thing is you're gaining skills. You're, you're learning something that maybe you didn't know before. So that's another option. You know, just plant your own. Find land where you can plant one. I guess it's somebody that's no longer gardening. And there's a lot of people that aren't gardening anymore. Well, the other is, is, is develop your own supply chain by working with local farmers. That way you've established a relationship 
If you've been in their field helping them when they needed that help, then if times get really tough, you can bet that they're, you're much higher on the priority list than somebody at the farmer's market that's never stepped foot in their field. And I'm, I'm not criticizing anybody for going to the farmer's market here, not in the least. I think our farmer's markets are going to expand over the next year. But there's only, they can only expand so far so fast. So if you have a farmer that's nearby, help him every other Saturday. And that could be a great way to, like I said, develop your own uh, supply chain. And maybe you do the, maybe you look for other farmers, if nothing else, that you can buy from. Start buying from local farmers. If you got to drive 20 miles, okay, so be it. Find a farmer or two or three, and then start buying your groceries from them. Yes, okay, it may be more expensive than Foodline today, but it may be not next year. And so this is, these are ways that you can put your family and yourself in a better situation. We've, I can tell you that I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer, not a farmer. Now, we've had gardens for a while. But the difference between gardening and farming is when you're gardening, you're doing it because you enjoy it. Farming is when you're doing it because you, you're going to either sell it or you, you're, gonna, you're doing it to eat. So there's a little difference there. You know, in gardening, I might have four different types of tomatoes because I, or 10 different types of tomatoes because I wanted to try all these cool tomatoes. With farming, what I want to do is I want to have tomatoes that I can can and that I can eat. So there's, there's definitely a little difference there. But I've digressed a little bit. But I think it's important, though, that you work on that personal supply chain. And, and maybe it's a combination. Maybe you have a small four-foot by six-foot or eight-foot garden in your backyard and then you also work on building your local supply chain. You, know, you could do a, a raised bed garden. You don't need a tiller. You just need to put that in and put some dirt in. You can uh, then you know, supplement by finding those local farmers that you can go to directly. You know, not waiting until till they make it to the farmer's market, but actually finding some farmers you can go to their farm and, and buy directly and and start preserving that food. The other thing too is that there's there's food that goes to waste and and so if you preserve that food, you can buy it when it's less expensive, which is becoming more important with inflation, preserve it and then you've got it for later. And we've talked about this in depth about different types of um in the past different types of food ways to preserve food. You can freeze dry it, you can can it, you can dehydrate it, you can freeze it, you can... There's a bunch of different ways. And those take effort, those take labor. But that's a way to bring your overall cost down by buying that food when it's cheap, or cheaper. Let, I should, let me back up and just say when it's less expensive, because it's in season, and then preserve it, and then eat it all year and enjoy it. I hope this is helpful. I'm kind of sharing this because this is what we've done. We've taken a piece of pasture and we've turned it into a working farm in 14 months. You can do the same thing. You can um, do it on a smaller scale, bigger scale. It, it, that's up to you. And it depends on what your resources are and everything, but... 
my suggestion is, is that we've done it. It's work. And you can too. Pick your scale. Because any amount of food that you grow is that much you didn't have to buy. And if food is continues inflating, it's going to be 50% more end of next year than it was the beginning of this year. And that's a lot of money when you think about how much your monthly grocery bill is. So I know I'm kind of being a little maybe verbally, um, I don't want to say pushy, but I'm being direct and being candid. And I've said before, and, and I stand by that, that you have good judgment. Go use it. And so this is the time to not care what other people think. You may have neighbors that go, why would you plant a garden? That's stupid. They may tell you that you can't do this. You don't know anything about it. And I'm going to tell you that there are thousands of people on YouTube that tell you how to plant everything. You go on YouTube, you can learn how to plant any vegetable, do any skill, spend a few minutes, and, and you can learn these gardening skills for free just by watching some videos. Turn off Netflix and start watching gardening videos. And it's a lifestyle change. You want to have a garden? You got to work at it. It's a project. Depending on how big a scale you do, if you've got a four-foot by four-foot garden, it's not a lifestyle. It's just a project. If you do like we did and have multiple acres, then it becomes more of a lifestyle. But You just got to decide. But the question is, is, are you comfortable with where you are right now and where you'll be in a year? And don't think about what there's all these things that could happen i think that the better i'd suggest that you look at it by saying what's the most likely course of action and the most likely course of action right now is that we're going to have inflation for some period of time and that may be another year that may be two or three more years but food is already more expensive and i'm guessing you've already probably changed some of your eating habits based on that it's more expensive. Restaurants are more expensive to eat at. And so you know that this is going to be an increase in the cost. Sit down with a spreadsheet. And figure out how does this impact your monthly budget. You know, what has to go? I mean, if the price of food goes up by 50%, maybe cable goes. Maybe you have to sell that nice car and buy something cheaper. Maybe you can't buy that car you want to buy because you can't afford it because of your grocery bill. So maybe work through some of these things and say, okay, here, if this goes up by 20% a year, where does that put me? Project out. You can do this. Project out and figure out you know, where you're going to be financially and then base your gardening, your farming, I'm going to say, on those decisions you make based on what you're seeing and you can calculate and go from there. You know, We're not talking about EMPs. We're not talking about the end of the world as we know it here. What we're talking about is the fact that groceries are going to get more expensive for some period of time is that another year is that 10 more years i don't know the answer but having a garden and farming your own food having your own supply chain with local farmers that is how you win so i'm hoping that this will help you develop abundance in your life and help reduce some of the stress in your life and, and I realize, too, that as I'm saying this, there's probably people out there that are working three jobs and adding a garden is, is, is just something you can't pull off. 
Maybe you can't. Maybe you can put some, you know, some tomatoes in a pot and put them on your back porch. I realize there are people that may be hearing this that are in very difficult times, and, and I feel for you. I really do. And I hope that you can work through this, and I hope this helps. So uh, um, as I say these words, I realize that there are people who are going to have a hard time acting upon them. But there's also a greater majority of people that spend three or four hours a day watching TV instead of planting a garden. You know, we So many of us in suburbia have this big backyard or even a small backyard, and we could be putting some plants back there. So I think in that case, there's no reason not to. And if you want to be stubborn and say, I'm just not planting a garden, well, that's a decision you're making. But I'm encouraging you to, to look forward, project out a year where you're going to be financially if this continues, and think about improving the security of your food supply chain. I know I keep hitting on this issue, but it's real, and we're here. I hope that you'll use your good judgment in a great way and that you'll build abundance in your life. This is Monty Rowland signing off. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and enjoy this spring weather.